Welcome back to Cobbler's Gulch. Before we get back to our story, a little announcement, and maybe a challenge of sorts. First, the announcement. Last week, we of Cobbler's Gulch celebrated a milestone. Over 1,000 people have joined you and Hazel Peachwood on this adventure. But even more noteworthy, you should know that you're on this journey with people all over the planet. Six of the seven continents, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, are listening to Cobbler's Gulch. Apparently, nobody in Antarctica is listening, but it's probably because their eardrums are frozen solid. Oh, so cold. So cold. But there are people listening all over the United States and as far away as Uruguay. Gracias. And Namibia. Danke. Italy. Grazie. And Japan. Arigato. Australia. Cheers, mate. And Indonesia. Terima kasih. A big thank you to everyone who's joined us on this adventure. Okay, now the challenge. We of Cobbler's Gulch want this adventure to get even bigger. Oh, yeah. To get more exciting. So we're challenging you. Yes, you. The one listening right now. To tell 10 people about Cobbler's Gulch this week. And not any 10 people. Imagine 10 people who've never heard of Cobbler's Gulch, but who would love it. Maybe make a list. 10 names. Friends. Cousins. Teachers, definitely tell your teachers, because we'll be having a special announcement for teachers soon enough. You might also share Cobbler's Gulch with pen pals, grandparents. I mean, wouldn't it be better to talk to grandparents about Cobbler's Gulch than things like prunes or their broken hip? Ever since the surgery, my hip makes all kinds of funny noises. You might also share Cobbler's Gulch with your accountant, your banker, your corporate attorney. I mean, talk about people who could use some adventure. Maybe share it with neighbors, nannies, strangers. Just kidding. Don't talk to strangers. But if you do talk to strangers, tell them to listen to Cobbler's Gulch. All right, that's the challenge. And it's a good one. Because it's a virtue to create adventures for other people. And you can tell them I said so. Now, for episode four, Rollo Riddle Hope and the Scrimshanks. Riddle Hope Hall. It's the place for marriages, the organization of posses, hangings, beheadings, public gripes and duels. All right already, get on with it. Various superstitious rituals, like the annual festival of fish eyes, in which the townsfolk pluck out and then eat fish eyeballs to protect against the evil eye and ensure a mighty wind. All of these civic events, and a handful of others, take place at Riddle Hope Hall. Actually, the events take place on the marble steps outside of Riddle Hope Hall, and those steps are called the Scrimshank Steps or just the Scrimshanks. At the top of the Scrimshanks is the Alabaster Albatross, a carved statue of the unofficial Cobbler's Gulch mascot. The reason that most civic events take place on the Scrimshanks instead of inside Riddle Hope Hall is because of Rollo Riddle Hope. Uh, that would be me. 
Technically, he was a modest inventor, but conjecture suggests otherwise. The rumors pin him as an alchemist, a virtuoso, a sorcerer, a prophet, a flim-flammer, and one account even believes him to be a genie. Rollo Riddlehope neither confirmed nor denied any of those rumors, not because he wanted to perpetuate them, but because his obsession with building the hall consumed him. A wealthy countess, keen on establishing a court where people could come to see and to be seen, provided Rollo all the riches he required to bring the hall to fruition, and he did it in absolute secrecy. Be quiet. Shut your mouth. Do not say these things here. Rollo toiled and tinkered for the better part of three decades. Behind large tapestries that hung from hundred-foot-high beams. And hid him from public eye. When the hall was finally unveiled, it proved just as enigmatic and mysterious as Rollo Riddlehope himself. The building was a simple, mosaically-tiled rotunda. A terribly massive mosaically tiled rotunda to be sure, but architecturally speaking, it elicited a lot of shrugged shoulders until they considered two features. First, the rotunda. Every wall, column, arch, and keystone was fashioned entirely of iron. And second, it lacked doors, windows, drawbridges, gates, or any other coming and going mechanism. Nobody could get in it then, and nobody has been in since. When the Countess prodded Rollo for an explanation, he offered this. Riddlehope Hall is a sanctuary, a safe haven, and asylum for those who can solve a riddle. And this is when he began coughing. <coughs> <coughs> And before Rollo could reveal the riddle, he excused himself and was never seen again. Many believe he wandered into the Crimson Forest, where he succumbed to exhaustion. Ironwork has never been easy, especially 30 years of it. Without a riddle to solve, the guts of Riddle Hope Hall have remained unseen and untouched. And thus, Hattie Edgewater, who, you'll remember, is the woman who was hooting and hollering when Hazel visited what is now an empty field of lilt blossoms, hoots and hollers not in Riddlehope Hall, but on the Scrimshanks. Winded by the run from the now empty field of lilt blossoms, Hazel stands at the bottom of the steps, listening to Hattie Edgewater's hot-blooded hysterics. Goblins have snatched up my fella! Is it still goblin season? What do I know about seasons? There was a goblin! Don't you think I know a goblin when I see one? It's too late in the season for goblins. Well, when we find the savages who carried my husband off into oblivion, I'll explain these finer points of migration so they don't bungle their next abduction! <gasps> Sneers and scorn help no one. Just tell us what happened. The townsfolk creep closer, crowding the scrimshanks to hear Hattie Edgewater's tale. Goblins. 
Hazel scales a few steps, pushing through the mob. She wonders if Hattie Edgewater's goblins might also be responsible for the vanished lilt blossoms. Me and my husband were pounding out dough for the morning bake. The Edgewaters are bakers. They make a mean Dampfnoodle. Mmm, Dampfnoodle. But their brioche needs a little work. Too flaky for the picky palates of Cobbler's Gulch. I sent him out to the shed to haul in another few sacks of flour. As I go on pounding the dough, I hear a horrible, bone-chilling scream. I rush outside and I see three goblins. Big goblins, as far as goblins go. One of the flour sacks must have ripped open because they're all dusty, white like spirits. And they're stuffing my love into the empty sack. And it never occurred to me before, but it occurs to me now. No wife should ever have to see her husband being stuffed into a sack of flour. It's a haunting vision, I say, seeing my husband with his big, hulking baker's shoulders shoved and stuffed and wadded up like that. I tried to fight them off, tried to beat them with my rolling pin, but, but, but... Maybe you were drunk again. (gasps) I was not drunk! I can smell the whiskey on her breath. (gasps) That's not whiskey, it's yeast! We're bakers! We don't believe you! It's true. The Edgewaters enjoy a little whiskey from time to time. But Hattie Edgewater sticks to her story. The goblins dragged him off, I tell ya. May I never drink another drop. The Scrimshanks audience is a tough sell, and they have little patience for jabber-jawing, whopper-flinging, or personal weakness. And they use this impatience to justify worm-turning on liars, cheats, cons, cowards, braggarts, thieves, lawyers, tax collectors, sympathizers of the ancient order of froggle-whisperers, and of course drunkards. And the audience can smell the fermented grain mash on Hattie Edgewater's breath, like a witch can smell a snot-nosed 12-year-old. As the crowd turns on Hattie Edgewater, Hazel notices Wooden Wolf Monfort, watching from a distance. His eyes are like slits, thoughtful, brooding, as if he sees what everyone else is overlooking. The rumpus on the scrimshanks grows rowdier. Bumped from behind, Hazel blinks, and when she looks up, Wooden Wolf is gone. Meanwhile, the Scrimshanks audience tires of Hattie Edgewater and claims of her husband's abduction. Ah, he'll be back once he's sobered up. No, he won't! Hand to the heavens, they snatched him up! They dragged him off, I tell ya! Despite Hattie Edgewater's anguished pleas, the crowd disperses and resumes their daily routines. But not Hazel. She shimmies up the Scrimshanks to meet Hattie Edgewater. The baker's face is pasty, and the lines in her face deepen as she watches the townsfolk walk out on her goblin claims. And the lines deepen more when her eyes fall on Hazel. I'm not in the business of making shade for orphans. Scoot! Mrs. Edgewater, did you notice if the goblins had any lilt blossoms? She kneels down and speaks through wonky, grit teeth. Mock me a second time, you little waif, and I'll bake your tongue into a loaf of pumpernickel. With that... She pushes Hazel aside and waddles away, leaving her alone on the scrimshanks. Exchanges like this make Hazel feel gray, not one way or another, just somewhere in between, colorless and drab. To thwart such hopeless, listless feelings, she usually retreats the field of lilt blossoms. They make her feel a little more colorful, a little more her. Because if someone actually takes a closer look at Hazel, and so few people actually do, but if they did, 
they'd notice that she brims with a radiant aura. Bright bursts of gold and rose and occasionally tangerine. But Hazel can't retreat to the field of lilt blossoms. Not now. Because they've vanished. And the usual gray feelings are darkening, leaning toward the darkest side of the color scale. Hazel feels the tug, and instead of surrendering to the darkness, she dips into her pocket and pulls out the last lilt blossom. She weaves the stem into one of her honeysuckle curls and tucks it behind her ear. She's determined, filled with moxie, pluck, and grit. And she's ready to track down some goblins. Thanks for listening. On the next Cobbler Sculch, Episode 5, Goblin Farts, The Clutterbuck Catastrophe, and Chatter, Natter, and Chuckles. In the meantime, make that list and send off your invitations to this adventure. Ten people. Cobbler's Gulch is counting on you. <laughs>